You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Spiritual Boot Camp. It's a series uh, we're going to be talking about in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is uh, the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament book of Joshua. And uh, these believers are people who have come to a place in their life that they have ceased from aimlessly wandering. And now they have started warring. And uh, I pray that you didn't miss that. These are people that come to a place in their life that they say, I don't wanna wander through life anymore. You know, we've been going, and we was in Florida, and first three or four days it rained, so we were in a, you know, when, when you got the wife with you, you're doing some shopping. And uh, when she's got the husband with her, we're doing some eating. And, uh, but some of the sights that I've seen while we were gone, and especially in Atlanta Airport, I, I didn't know where I was at, just to be honest with you. And I see people, and I don't say this to make you laugh, that are wandering through life. And, and it's a shame. So I pray that, first of all, in my prayer, I've been praying that you would receive. Uh, I can spend time preparing, but if you don't receive what God has for you and then activate what you've received, then you've checked the box to be here today because your wife wanted you to or because your husband or somebody else just wanted you to be here. If I had to sit anywhere for an hour and a half, when I leave, I want to learn something. So I pray that you receive. So the book of Ephesians, it serves as somewhat as a believer's spiritual boot camp. A friend of mine, a great friend of mine, his son went off to boot camp uh, just a few months ago, and after about a week, he called and he was crying his eyes out. He wanted to come home but he endured and he stayed. My friend seen his son go in as a child and come out as a man. My prayer is if you would take it serious and you would endure and you would receive and do a little bit of work on your own, you'll enter in maybe as wandering, but you'll come out as a warrior. Someone say amen. So this book is teaching us that the church is equipped with vast spiritual weaponry. We are not a bunch of weak people. If we are weak, we choose to be weak because God has given us everything that we need to be a warrior. All we need to do is receive it and then activate it. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. So God has given them here in Ephesians a promise, but he declares that they will have to fight some battles to claim their victory. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to fight. Look at your other neighbor, say, neighbor, in six weeks, you don't want to fight me. That's why Paul 
The Apostle Paul, he begins Ephesians by talking about the resources of God. Now you can take this and, and, and listen to it over 23, and normally I don't read 23 verses and you can just drift away, but if you really wanna quit wandering and you wanna at the end of this series be a warrior that you will defeat every enemy that comes your way, you wanna latch on to every word, all right? And I know it's hard for me to focus, so all of us let's try to focus together. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, he says, grace, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you not like to have the grace that God has to give you? Would you not really love for your family? I speak Jesus over my family, we sing. Well, right here's how we do it, okay? So grace be to you, Paul says, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse three, he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, somebody say us, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That blows my mind, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Somebody ought to say thank you, Lord God Almighty, according to the riches of his grace. We have been forgiven according to the riches of his grace. Somebody put your hands together and thank God for the forgiveness that God has given you. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Woo! Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have ob obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things uh, after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you are also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Man, I'm gonna break it down, all right? You may be a little bit confused, but I'm getting excited. Until the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not 
to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he brought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, far above all power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his what? Under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Pastor Aaron, would you bless the reading of the word of God, please? Oh, holy God, we worship you. Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for us. Father, we come together today and we bow our hearts and our minds, Lord God, and we surrender everything to you. Father, I pray that our minds are clear and our hearts are ready to receive yes, your God. word, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would enlighten us, Lord God, with that wisdom and knowledge that, that your word speaks about, that we would gather and, and grab hold of your word today, Lord God, and that we would apply it. Father, if there's any here that doesn't know you, that's never confessed Jesus as their Savior. Today, I pray that they would surrender their heart to you, surrender their ways, and ask to be changed and confess their sins. Father, I pray for pastor mm -hmm. and everything that's prepared. May we receive it in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. And bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you just to boldly look at your neighbor. Look at them. Even if they're not very good looking, look at them, all right? And say, neighbor, let's go to boot camp. Amen. I'll tell you one thing, people here will tell you when my mouth opens up, you never know what's coming out, right? All right, verse three, let's break it down. Somebody say, break it down. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So Paul opens up with, bless be. He says, bless be in order to establish a clear emphasis on God. You need, I'm telling you, you need to understand, he's opening up and he's saying, bless be, everything is God. I'm giving God all the credit here. So after blessing the Father and Son, Paul notes God has blessed us, somebody say us, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. My goodness, every blessing that we could possibly Need has been given in Christ Jesus each and every one that we ever need. We've already got it if we are believers. The reason God can bless us is because he is a blessed God. Do you hear me? My wife and I, we love to give. We love to tip people. Man, I'm telling you, that's all we did in Florida was eat. So there was a whole lot of tipping going on. Do you hear me? And, and we just bless people. You can't bless somebody if you don't have something to bless them with. If you don't have love, then you can't love somebody else. If you don't have peace, you can't share peace with somebody else. So every blessing that we could possibly need has been given in Christ. 
So God, he's able to bless, man. I'm telling you, God, has anyone been blessed by God in this house? When, when you didn't see it coming, when you didn't think it could happen, I'm asking, when you didn't think that you could see light at the end, of, did God ever show up in your darkness? Did God ever show up in your storm? I said, did God ever bring you out of the wilderness? Come on, give God a hand. Woo! God can bless you because he's not frail. Do you hear me? God is not frail. In Psalms chapter 115, verse three, but our God is in the heavens and he has done whatsoever he has pleased. God can do whatever God pleases to do. Do you hear me? God can bless us because he is not impoverished. He is not poor. My God owns the cattle, the Bible said, on a thousand hills. Uh, he owns the diamonds in the mines. Uh, he owns the coal. He owns everything. God owns it all. Do you hear what I'm saying in Isaiah 55 and 11? So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall what? Prosper in the things whereto I sent it. Uh, I come today uh, with the word of God. I, I've not showed up with my opinion, with anything about me. I've brought you the word of God. And just as the rain comes and the heaven and it prospers the earth and raises up the grass and the fruit, the word of God will prosper everything in your life. And you ought to give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! That's Psalms 115 and three, but our God is in the heavens and he has done whatsoever he has pleased. His habitation is in the heaven, but it's also in the earth. Do you hear me? And it fills both with his presence. Man, when we was worshiping this morning, I said it out loud, just in a soft voice, I said, God, your presence is here. When I walked in here at eight o'clock last night and nobody was in this room, God's presence was here. When I showed up this morning, before seven o'clock this morning, God's presence was here. I don't wanna go to a church. I'm glad we got the lights. I'm, oh wow, look how good that looks. I'm glad we've got all that. But brother, if we don't have the presence of God, we don't have nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Without the presence of God, you might as well stay home because it won't change you. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! My goodness, God help us. His word is never void of power. God has every resource at his disposal. Psalms chapter 24, verse one and two, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Listen to me. David acknowledges that God owns all human beings. The term translated fullness in that verse uh, here is meant as a reference to all people. God created humanity. God owns me. I have nothing. Do you, uh, if you will ever, and this is just not preacher talk, I received this revelation years ago that I own absolutely nothing. Nothing, do you hear me? Not one thing. I came in this world naked and I will leave naked. Do you hear me? I don't own nothing. God, what you have given me as a steward, God, I pray that I handle it the way that you want, but God, you own it all. Do you hear me? You don't own a thing, nothing. And if you ever receive that revelation from 
from God, it'll change your life. Everything that I have, God has given me. Everything that you have, God has given you. Do you understand what I'm telling you today? Give God all the glory. Give God all the praise. Hallelujah. Woo, everything, I mean everything belongs to God. Can I tell you a little secret? The devil doesn't own a thing. Nothing. Oh, I said he don't own nothing. He don't own my car. He don't own my house. He don't own my mind. He don't own nothing. He is nobody. He's under the feet, and we'll talk about that in a little while. When we get these revelations that God owns it all and the devil has nothing, my friend, it'll change your life. God has blessed us. Blessed us, do you hear me? In verse three again, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath what? Blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. God hath blessed us, blessed us, blessed. That means past tense. We already have access to the resources of heaven. Oh, listen, the steps to possessing these is so easy, but it's so hard. First, you gotta believe that God has what we need. I, if I come to you, Andy, and I need something, and I know you don't have it, I might as well stay home. I wanted Pastor Wright that stood here just a few months ago, said open up your big mouth and ask a big God for big dreams and miracles, right? Huh? Amen. So you gotta believe that God has what you need. What do you need today? I didn't ask you what you wanted. I said, what do you need in your life? God has exactly what you need. You gotta believe it. In Mark 11 and 22, and Jesus answers, saith unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in not the system, not the, not the government. God help us if we do. Not the White House, not your programs, but have faith in God. God, there is nothing too hard for God. No matter what's going on in your life, I see you, TJ, no matter what's going on in your life, I'm telling you, Amanda is in the hands of God and God is a big God and God can do anything that God wants to do and God has done it and will continue to do it. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He is a glory. We ought to give him all the glory this morning. He is an awesome God. So first you gotta believe that God has what you need and then you gotta take what he's given you. Huh? I ain't never played a lottery ticket. Excuse me, I played it one time. When it first came out, I got so convicted, I don't know, I just got convicted. I'm probably on someone's front porch right now, but I just chose not to gamble. And I was in a Bible study on a Wednesday night at Enterprise United Methodist Church. Next thing I knew, I stood up and I said, I played the lottery. I said, God, forgive me. And I, so then, right after that, I opened up Jewel City Church and someone came to me and they said, now listen, if someone handed you the winning ticket for the lottery for a million bucks, would you take it? I said, no way, I wouldn't do that. And then I got a revelation. That'd be a million dollars being transferred out of the kingdom of the devil into the house of God. But God has, oh my goodness, God has more than a winning lottery ticket of a million dollars. God's got it all. And all we gotta do is believe that God has it and then go get it. Anybody wanna go get it? I said, anybody wanna go get it? I ain't talking about just money. I'm talking about health. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about peace. 
Oh my goodness. Woo! Some of you wouldn't shout if you got the winning ticket. Huh, we're not willing. Listen, most believers spend their entire lives. You need to hear me. Most believers spend their entire lives reading the will. Spend their whole life reading the contract, but never living in the promises that God has decreed. Wow, help me, God. I want to live in them all. I'm not talking, don't leave here saying, yeah, he was talking about name it and claim it, money and all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not. Why are we not willing to fight the necessary spiritual battles? Well, Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, was a very powerful, wealthy city in the ancient world of Paul's time. Now, you, we, we stayed at a place this week, we rented a house in a, in a community called 30A. It's, between, it's in Santa Rosa, am I right? I didn't know where I was at half the time, that's the truth. And it's between Destin and Panama, 30A. And brother, I ain't, I'm telling you, it is nice. But listen to Ephesus, marble streets, mosaic sidewalks, a busy port, popular athletic arena, the finest libraries, villas filled with artwork, exotic birds, expensive silks, and an influential city of a half million people. And what happened? The apostle Paul brings the gospel. He brings the gospel to Ephesus. Planted a church there. He worked here in Ephesus longer than he stayed in any other place is what I read. Somewhere between three and three and a half years. And he called on the elders of the church to meet him and he encouraged them to be vigilant against the opposition that would come against the church after his death. Let's listen to Acts chapter 20. Verse 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter into among you, not sparing the flock. Now listen to what he said in verse 30. Also your own selves some of you shall arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I've ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. What's going on here? Paul is trying to woof proof these believers and that is the reason for his teaching in the book of Ephesus and that is the reason I'm following his lead is to strengthen you and to make you woof proof no matter what comes your way in life. We heard a young lady testify in the back how she's been through a storm but she's survived because she knows the contract. Do you hear me? Becoming a Christian 
It's not like joining a social club. Do you hear me? It's not like joining a social club where you pay your dues and you hang out occasionally. Those are a place where you sit back and you relax and you reap the prestigious benefits of membership. And that's a problem that the church has where people just want to sit back and be a part of a social club and reap the benefits. That's not, that's not what the church is. Becoming a Christian in the biblical sense of the word is more like enlisting in an army. Do you hear me? Have you really enlisted in an army? When you, when you go into the army, the great army or the Marine Corps, you make a vow to defend your country and those around you. We just take joining the church as it's just a part of the social thing that we do. We're in a battle, do you hear me? When I walk through the airport and see what I've seen, we're in a battle. When I, when I look at the news and see what's going on in our country, we are in a battle. You can get your head out of the sand. You can say whatever you want. You can say, well, preacher, you shouldn't go down that road. I'm telling you, I'm trying to wolf-proof you because we don't know what's coming down that road, but we know what's coming down from heaven, and that is God Almighty. Somebody ought to give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. In 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul provides two imperatives. First, Timothy is to fight the good fight of faith as a boxing match. You just can't sit back, man. You, can, you know, I remember one time in school, this kid said to me, he, he was, you know, we were arguing and he stole something in mine. And he said, yeah, go ahead, take the first punch. Well, thank you. Bam! It was over with. That thing's driving me crazy right there. There it is. Fight the good fight. Stink bug. Why do we let the devil? Oh, what do you mean? Oh. You're in spiritual boot camp and you can't kill a stink bug. Let me wipe my shoes off. Ah. Somebody say, woo. Amen, having fun in boot camp. Listen to me, Paul's second commandment in this verse for Timothy, to live as he has eternal life already, already. My wife will tell you, everywhere we go, people say, have a great day, I say every day. It's my response, every day. All morning long, did you have a good vacation? I said every day of my life is a vacation. That's a truth, man. That's the truth. Every day he gives us is another day of vacation. If you're glad you're on vacation again today and you're breathing, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. So we're in this fight. We're in this fight and I got some good news for you. Our commander is a brilliant, I'm talking brilliant military strategist. He's already defeated our enemy, hands down. We're fighting a battle that's already been won, is what the song says. Ain't that amazing? We, uh, we just keep on fighting, man. Keep on worrying. The greatest battle, 
speaking about battles, that ever took place on this earth is not written about in any of our history books at all. It's a battle that was fought on Calvary when Jesus, through his death, defeated Satan and the prince of this world. It is over. It is. I know how the story ends is what the song said. Mark Southern standing here and their family's heartbroken. Mark's mom and the kids' grandma is just moments away or hours away from going to be with the Lord. And I leaned forward as they were singing that song and I said, it ain't all that bad because I know the end of the story. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You're gonna die. I'm gonna die. But brother, we're gonna live that know Christ forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. If you're excited about living with God for eternity, give him a hand clap. Oh, Hebrews chapter two, verse 14. You see what happens when I don't preach in a couple weeks? For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Every day there is a battle in the trenches for us every day. I'll tell you some of the toughest battles come in my mind, in my mind. There's a battle. The book of Ephesians serves as a spiritual boot camp teaching us believers that we are equipped and we must unseal the marching orders. My Aunt Tiny lives down the road. She's 93. Uh, my uncle ceased wanted to be with the Lord three years ago. They retired in the military and she said they would get their orders and they would be maybe three days from California and they had seven days to get there and they had to use their own money. They'd get reimbursed later and they'd open up that envelope, had no idea where they were going, didn't even know they were leaving and they'd get a notice that you got seven days to be somewhere else. They would open up them orders and they would start going. My friend, we've got orders. We got orders from headquarters and all we got to do is unseal it and, and start to apply it to receive it and activate it and start walking the way that God wants us to walk. So listen to me. Catch this. Jesus didn't heal the woman that was bowed over for 18 years as much as he made known to her what she already possessed in the covenant. How many of us are going through things that we've already got what we need to get us out of that, but we've never applied and, and read the will and activated it Listen to what he said in Luke 13 and 12. And when Jesus saw this woman, he called to her and he said unto her, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Verse 16, and ought not this woman, now listen, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. The process, it's a process of maturing in Christ. Jesus is simply learning to work out what God has already placed in us. He wants us to learn how to work it out what's already in us. Am I making any sense to anyone? You need to catch this part right here because man, it just, it just made me just stop and think. No other believer in this room, no other believer possesses more of God than you possess right now if you're saved. 
No one in this room possesses more of God than anyone else if you're saved. Billy Graham, when he left this earth, had no more of God, Pastor Rita, than you've got. I'm not finished, okay? I'm not finished. But some believers have learned how to walk in their inheritance. My God help us. Every time I go see Amanda, she says, I'm healed. Every time I call her from Florida, she said, don't worry about me. I said, I ain't worried about you. We just want to talk to you. My wife and I, you've got to learn, man. I'm telling you, you're going to get knocked down. You need to hear me. You will get knocked down. Uh, am I lying, Rosie? Uh, Rosie could stand up and tell you one right after another, but she's still in the front row because she's walking in her inheritance. He told me this morning, his wife's back in the hospital with cancer, but big Bob, no pants Bob, is back right here this morning. He wears shorts. Uh, he got pants on, all right? So, but... He knows, he knows. You, hear, yeah. you drive from Pine Grove an hour and 20 minutes like a roller coaster. You've been through hell and back 500 times, but you know she got her Bible, she got her piece of paper, she got her pen. She said, I'm taking notes because I don't know what's coming tomorrow, but I've been to spiritual boot camp. Devil, you can't knock me down and keep me down. I'm getting back up. Is there anybody in the house you've been knocked? down, but you got back up. I said, you've been knocked down, but you got back up. Anybody, you got any fight? You got any fight? You got any fight? I said, anybody, you got some fight? I got fight left in me. Devil, you can't have me. You can't have my family. I speak Jesus over my family, over our church. Give me my hand and a shout of praise. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Sit down. Ah, the devil is troubled. Do you hear me? The devil's troubled over what has been placed inside of you. Oh, God, you didn't get it. The devil's troubled over what's been placed, what's been deposited into your future. God has chosen you. Oh, Pat, that, that just gets me. God has chosen me. God has chosen you. You are loved and you are wanted. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians chapter one, verse four. I said I'm gonna break it down. According as he hath chosen us, in him before the foundation of the world. And we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He hath, that's past, that we should is future. Verse four says holy. That means an inner relationship. Holy. And in that relationship, means without blame, outer relationship. Elders of the church, pastors, you need to be very careful how you live your life. According to verse four, the same root as a musical term, chord, chord, meaning in harmony with God. People say, well, you know, I'm not in one accord with one of the leaders or whatever. We've heard it down through the years. You've got to be in accordance with God 
and God stands up a leader and you have to fall underneath that leader unless it would be something that is not holy. You've got children should line up underneath the authority of their parents. Am I right? But that don't always happen. Some of the best things you can be told is know and learn. So no believer can live a holy and blameless life without God's spirit. Without God's spirit, man, we would go left. We would be all over the place. Do you hear me? God's spirit, I want it, I need it, I gotta have it. God is not a contractor. Stand with me, would you please? For you that's been here a long time, look at your neighbor. Say neighbor, that's half time. No, it won't, no, it won't. Listen to me, please, stay focused. God is not a contractor, he's an architect. He's an architect. So why don't you give up your little plan and build his life, build his plan in your life? Are you going down the road with your plan? Man, I never, never in a million years. I picked up a picture in my office this morning. I was sitting on a chopper. Some of you don't know what a chopper is. Motorcycle and the front forks are way out there. I had my black leathers on. Man, I had long. <laughs> had them dingo boots up on the highway pegs never in a million years did I apply I never filled out no application I didn't seek no job to pastor a church it wasn't my plan Tim it wasn't my plan Logan it wasn't my plan but it was God's plan so when you get off your little plan and you say, God, here I am. God, I don't know what your plan is, but I know you have one. How can I say that? Because Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God has a plan for your life, for your life. Say yes. That, no, I really wasn't meaning that there. But. <laughs> Some of you would drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> it just comes. Somebody say he's back. <laughs> say yes to his design for you. And you'll never, never, never regret it. Ephesians 1 and 5 having predestinated us unto the adoption. Wow, stay with me, you gotta hear this. Unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now I'm gonna say something, and I hope it don't hurt you, uh, but it's just a part of life. People give birth to children that they don't want. It happens. I'm sure there's people in this room, for whatever reason, maybe you've experienced some of that in your life. But no one ever adopts anyone that they don't want. Do you hear what I just said? I mean, that was so profound. Right there. That, that was, nobody ever adopts a child that they don't want. Do you hear me? When you go through an adoption with a child, and a lot of these children have had difficulties in their life, you know everything. You know, they try to tell you everything that's going on. 
but you still want that child. God adopted us knowing fully who we were. God, in the midnight hour, when mom and dad didn't know where I was at, and God knew exactly where I was at and exactly what I was doing and who I may have been hurting, but God said, I want to adopt you. So I want to encourage somebody here today. You may feel like you are not wanted. You may feel like that nobody loves you. But I'm telling you, God knew all about you. And God still wanted you to be his son and his daughter. Wow, if that gives you any comfort, you ought to put your hands together and bless the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us acceptable in the beloved. Consider that God who created all things specifically chose before the creation of the world that we would be created and live with him as our God. That's amazing, isn't it, Pastor Rita? To know from the beginning, Jim, God chose us. So let me talk just briefly about self-esteem. This is exactly this verse right here is why Christians don't need to be worried about being accepted in the crowd. I really don't know what it, it means, all that likes. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't care. You've heard me say I don't do Twitter, skitter, or ditter. <laughs> I don't care. I can't give them on my dad's Amazon account and order $1,400 worth of women. Tell you that. So if you got low self-esteem and you just don't, you, when I walked through the airport, this thought just kept coming on my mind. These people are just looking to be accepted. These people just want to fit in. And then when I looked around the room, I realized I was outnumbered. <sighs> you didn't get that. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about self-esteem because you've got a God in heaven from before the beginning of time, loved you, unconditional. You've got a hand. Can you do that? I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Quit worrying about your current condition. We got a friend of mine here this morning, and uh, he loves the Lord came to the Lord and he owned a, he owned a bar and uh, he said, Pastor, I, I, he texted me, he said, man, I, I just don't feel like coming this Sunday because I'm ashamed and, and I know what's going on in my life and I said, no, 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 that's a lie from the devil. I said, you quit worrying about your current condition. Did I not tell you that? I said, you quit worrying about your current condition. You just keep coming. He said, we try to sell it and every time it falls through. I said, I'm telling you, we're going to start praying because you know why? Because I've read, I know how the story ends. I've read the contract. I said, some churches, some churches will say, we don't want you here. Brother, I want every bartender in the world here. Do you hear me? Because we know how the story ends. And just, just a couple weeks ago, he sent me a text and he said, hey, Somebody bought the bar, they're shutting it down, making it into a daycare. I said, 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So quit worrying about your current condition and start focusing on your eternal position. Who you are. Quit worrying about what they say who you are. When they tell you who you are, when the devil tells you about your past, remind the devil of his future. Like that stink bug. Like that stink bug. Amen. I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry. Ephesians 1 and 7, redemption. You do not have to be dominated by sin any longer in your life because of Christ. I'm telling you. You don't have to be dominated by sin any longer. Listen, where your mind goes, where your mind goes, there goes your life. You take captive your thoughts. You focus. What you bring in will come out. Do you hear me? Ephesians 1 and 8, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Abounded means overflow, overflow. Prudence means wisdom acted out. Oh God, you can have all the wisdom in the world, but if you don't act it out, what's it going to do you? Huh? My goodness. You need abundance. You need more than enough in every area of your life. Oh God, help me. This is just coming in my spirit. When you have children, if you don't have any if you don't have the abundance of direction, guidance, peace, love, then it's not going to overflow onto your children. If all they got in their house is drama, that's what they're going to have. If all they got is a party, that's all they're going to have. But when you walk in the overflow and you've got the abundance of everything in your life that God has placed inside of you and you've activated that and your children will see it and they may depart for a season. But by God's grace, there he is sitting on the front row. Huh? You know what I'm talking about. Give God a hand. Ephesians 1 and 11, to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. God is constantly moving and maneuvering. Again, I don't want to hurt nobody, but in the old church years ago, I mean, they're doing the same thing. It's the same God. God never changes. God's words never change. But you do the same thing over and over and over and never get any different results. And then there's something wrong. God is not a God in a box. God, I can remember when we had Bike Sunday and the preachers called and, and they scorned me on the radio and, and everything, but we had 20-some bikers get saved. Them motorcycles never sinned. My goodness, you go fishing all day long and never catch a fish and never change the bait. You're stupid. <laughs> Ephesians 1 and 4. Excuse me. Ephesians 1 and 14. I got to share this with you. Oh, God, this is good. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until, wow, you can't miss that word, until the redemption of the purchased possession until the praise of his glory. Unbelievable. Earnest is a down payment, is a down payment. On the cross, we were redeemed and there was a down payment that was earnest, paid right there. But he says, I'm coming back after my possession. When you have earnest money on something, they hold it, and then you're coming back. And on the cross, he made a down payment, man. He paid for it in full, but he said, you hold, I'm coming back. 
I don't know when my pastor Leo Pauline Enterprise United Methodist Church was about that tall and about that wide. And he'd say, some morning, he'd point right over. He'd say, some morning, right there in the eastern sky, the Lord is coming back. And let me tell you, by God's grace, when he comes back, we're going to have a church without spot and a church without wrinkle because we've been to boot camp. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. All right, I, I just got to quit. I got to quit. I got to quit because the Lord said quit. Amen. Amen. How many need some strength in the Lord? How many need some strength? How many need a lot of strength? Raise both hands. How many needs all the strength you could get? Raise both hands on one foot. Okay? Okay, listen, I love to make you laugh because it keeps your mind here. It keeps your mind here. But the bottom line is, this ain't nothing to laugh about. We're in a war, Rocky. This country's in a war. I'll tell you right, they'd take our Bibles away from us if they get the chance. You, you just believe it. You just believe it. They'd take everything that the Christian stands for, they'll take it away if we can. But even if they take it away, if it's here, if it's here, you can't shut me up. You hear me? You can't shut me up. Every head bowed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm gonna transition. If you don't know Jesus Christ, my friend, you need to repent of your sins because the Bible says we have all sinned and come short of his glory. If you're here this morning and you have never prayed a sincere prayer and asked Jesus Christ to forgive you, my friend, it is my duty to tell you that hell will be your home. But by God's grace today, you can open your mouth while you open your heart and confess that he is the Lord and ask him to forgive you of your sins. And my friend, when you leave here today, you'll have as much God in you as anyone else on the planet. I'll not single you out, I'll not embarrass you, but if that's you today, and you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ, you say, Pastor, I really don't understand at all. All you need to understand is there's a God that loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. You'll learn the rest of the story. If you'd like to start that walk with the Lord today and live forever and ever with God, would you slip your hand up high? Slip your hand up high. Uh, again, I'm not gonna single you out. Slip your hand up high. I see your hand. Ma'am, I see your hand. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Don't be afraid. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Is there another this morning? You'd like to start that journey? You'd like to walk with God? I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Somebody else, somebody else. Why would you say, why would you say no when Jesus is knocking on your heart's door? Why would you turn down the wisdom of God, the grace of God, the love of God? Is there somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else? For those that raised their hand today, I want you to open up your eyes, lift up your head. And I'm asking you to take the person by side of you by the hand. Whether you know or you don't, take them by the hand. You just made a public confession. And I would encourage you to pray this prayer and mean it from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, today I humble myself before you, God Almighty. And God, I've sinned. And God, I have fallen short. And God, today I ask you to forgive me of my sins and enter into my heart. Lord, from this day forward, 
I'll do my very best to live my life for you. My friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 